Welcome back to yet another edition of the Skyline Podcast. It's been a while, but we are back with me as always, Mr. D. Rich from Atlanta. How are you doing? Good, good, good. And Trent from Philly. How are you doing? Happy playoffs, gentlemen. We just finished the wild card series here in the 2011 playoffs. We were looking to get this done before that, but people got their exports in, so we simmed anyway. Um, it was definitely interesting. Uh, Miami upset Pittsburgh three games to nothing, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Uh, that was crazy. Uh, a welcome Seattle, surprise. Uh, a welcome surprise, yes. It's it's. Uh, also in the East, Toronto beat the Mets in five, so the first time since... Since when, 2005? Oh, it's been a long time. I think it was five straight years. Five straight years that the Mets and Pirates faced each other in the Eastern Region Finals, and neither one of them could make it out of the Wild Card Series. That's yeah, so that real? Five straight? Five yep. straight. Oh, five straight man. years, the East Region Championship Series was Evil Empire Infernals. Don't remember. Oh, yeah, because you never made it that far. I've already the, forgot about them. In the West, (laughs) Seattle, after winning the one-game plan against San Francisco, swept the Angels, and... No, they didn't. Yeah, they They, did. They swept the Dodgers. They swept the Dodgers. Ah, crap. They call that foreshadowing in fancy Ah, academic circles. (laughs) That's not good. That's bad karma for the Angels. That's that's not good. (laughs) And they did it without Alvarado pitching. I just, want to crawl, I just want to crawl into bed right now. Okay. Um, and then Houston, who was down and out in game four, put up seven in the ninth inning against acquisition Luis Caro of the Cubs. Come back, win game four, take game five, and they are on to face Milwaukee. We have Simpson versus Simpson in the central. Which one of these four series are you guys most looking forward to? Well, I think there's an obvious one for me, but... Simpson, Simpson, man. That's a, that's going to be fun. I think just in terms of who's going to win, because I don't know, I'll take the all-Canada North Division series. Like, I don't know. I don't have any idea who's going to win that series. No idea whatsoever. Wouldn't be surprised if Montreal won. Wouldn't be surprised if Toronto won. I don't have any yeah. idea what to say. I mean, totally up in the air. The closest. We all know that Milwaukee the had their incredible season. They had that, what, they have a 16-game win streak earlier this year? Yep. Uh, um, they, they, that was on route to, to 103 wins that, that winter got all the way up to 17 games. Uh, and then they lost one and then they won another seven in a row. So that was, what's that? 23 out of 24 from 24 to 25, something like that. I got, um, yeah, that was 24 to 25, including sweeps of Pittsburgh, Texas, and the White Sox doesn't count Houston, St. Louis, Kansas city, and Colorado. Well, uh, Sterling was saying that he's something like 1-11 against Milwaukee this year. So, yep. And I mean, that they... only win was a one nothing win on September 20th. Yep. I would love to see the run differential for those. What's, what's, what do you think he is against Houston? Oh, I bet I he's like pull... plus 70. I don't know. We can pull that up thanks to the handy-dandy head-to-head on Stats Plus, one of my favorite things to look at. <laughs> that's, that's wild. You know... Um... Houston came out of nowhere, but they only lost the division by 10 games. So we're looking at plus 5, plus 6, flip, plus 11, plus the 12. script was flipped. August 23rd and August 24th, Milwaukee combined to beat Houston 18 to nothing. An 11-0 win and a 7-0 win. 
All right, well, we don't need to actually add it up, but um, yeah, that's uh, it was, game. It was plus 41 in 12 games. Uh, I don't know if that's interesting or not interesting. Sorry, I made you do that. Plus yeah. 41 in 12. That sounds like a lot, but it is a lot. Yeah. Uh, that's an average of three and a half per yeah. game. That's a lot. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, I put up everybody liked it after the first round here that the winners get these 100 win teams because there was one in every division. And uh, it's really tough to imagine any of these teams losing. I think the biggest surprise for me would be Milwaukee losing just because I I mean, they've just been so dominant all year. I mean, Miami's done this before, snuck into a third spot and then beaten everybody. That so, team was good though. When they won it all, they that was a ninety win team. Ninety that was win gifted team. to them by uh, by who was it? Toronto. Toronto, the year of let's retain. Oh, that was everybody. McCarter Hoover. Yeah. Anyway, that was a good Miami team, regardless of how they got their fortunes. Uh, this one I don't think is quite yeah, as Mil- good. Milwaukee, Milwaukee nearly had a, a run differential of plus 300. It helps playing in the worst division in baseball, the White Sox, Texas, Colorado. None of them eclipsed 60 wins. All of them had a run differential of worse than minus 150. Um, so that that, def- that definitely helped boost the boost the old run differential. But in, in, in interleague play, they were also strong. I mean, they're so, really good. They're the best oh, team in the yeah, sky. Yeah, there's no other way they're- they're really good. They're really good. I, I mean, mean that, it's yeah. a team that's always been able to pitch, and then I don't. They they've they can hit one through seven, which you're not, which this Milwaukee team shouldn't be able to do. But, yeah, we had quite the parts that we had questions about Milwaukee. Their bullpen turned out that they had the bet league's best bullpen. They were really good. Yeah, it's really wild. They Leeds have best Montreal, who is a different level, but there was no weaknesses in it. The random polls that Milwaukee had, like center field and Humberto Lara, he had 38 homers. It just felt like one of those magic seasons I mean, for him. Humberto Lara had a very Nate Riley-esque year. If, if you just look at it, he had the 34 home runs, the 261 batting average, but the on-base percentage a touch above 300, and the, the WRC plus of a touch over 100. Good for you on the Nate Riley comparison. That's exactly what it looks like. It looks like a Nate Riley year. The slash lines are yeah, probably within five. Yep. I mean, and then you look at the ratings and you see that they're very similar. He's, yep. he's a guy that's going to hit for power, not going to walk a ton, not going to strike out a ton, or he's going to strike out a lot. Right. Yep. He needs 30 more strikeouts to be Nate Riley. But other than that, he's Nate Riley. Yeah. And good defense in center field from Lara. That's why oh, he's that on the helps team. Oh, that helps too. Uh, 65-75-70 range error arm per OSA, which is going to play in center field. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to look back at this year for Lara and say, this is Steve Copley 2.0. I don't think he'll ever sniff numbers like this again. I'm a fan of Humberto Lara's hometown, though. Fifth Street, Texas. <laughs> Have you been to Fifth Street, Texas? I've never been to Fifth Street, Texas, but I just like that name. Okay. I'm sure that the Lara family is proud of their native son. Which is, I mean, just looking at the Milwaukee roster, they've got Pruitt with a WRC plus of 152, Schumacher 146, Brandon 137, Lozano, he only had 18 games for them, but a WRC plus of 136, Van Santen 133, Lara 103, Meredith 103. 
I mean, there's not, and and then the the fill-in guys, Chris Santiago and Jeremy Richards, they're glove first guys, but they're not terrible with the bat either. Um, not neither one of them eclipsed a, a 700 OPS, but they they've both shown flashes in the past. Yeah, there's a reason it's a top three offense. That's just a terrifying lineup. Hope I never see them. I think this is the most complete team, owing perhaps to the uh, Braves bullpen woes uh, in the sky. I think that they're uh, they're the team to beat. Yeah, I would agree. Certainly out of the ones left. Um, I think Pittsburgh was fairly complete, but they won 103 games. What else can we say, man? This team's good. They're really they win 100 games and score almost 900 runs. And that top three of the top two of Ramos and Williams combined for a 13.4 war this year. Yeah, I don't know what to make of Williams. I'm not convinced that he's spectacular just yet, but hell of a year for a young kid. Uh, the the walks were definitely up. I believe he was among the league leaders in walks. Um, but OSA still has that that control expected to develop. But he's got a guy that throws six pitches again, five of them at sixty five plus. He's got that ninety stamina. He's a ground ball guy. So at, at twenty four years old, I getting five more out of him. I'm I'm all for that. Two hundred twenty five innings is rare to see, man. That's that's really impressive. Um, I've all, I've always been a fan of Stephen Williams. I've always thought he was going to be good. Glad to see that he has been so the the home run rate was at 1.39 percent if you which led to a fip of 3.83 if you give him a league average home run percentage the xfip jumps all the way to 4.776 nearly a point higher than the fip that he was given do you think that ho- that low home run percentage is sustainable i mean of course it's not but uh i don't think it'll double necessarily yeah probably not I mean, I don't know that a lot of guys have home run rates of 0.5, you know, home runs per nine. Just don't think that happens very much. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think it's going to go up, but you know, I don't know if it's going to go up to much above one, right? I don't even know that it'll go up that much. He's a good pitcher. What can you say? You're giving us boring stuff, Jake. Excuse <laughs> me. So it's not the home run percentage, it's the home run uh, over fly ball percentage that's right. Uh, bumped to the league average. He was fourth. He, he had the fourth lowest home run to fly ball percentage uh, at five, it, uh, 5.78%. Interesting. Most of the time you have to, if you if you believe that OOTP does a good job mimicking the real world, most of the time when you're trying to do that with uh, Major League Baseball pitchers, you have to look at career rates. Uh, but uh, And of course, we don't have a lot to go on with Williams because he's so young with respect to career home run per fly yeah. ball rates and stuff like that. So, so it's tough to say right now. Like that percentage uh, was, was half the, the league average. The league average was close to 12. Yeah. I don't think it's sustainable long-term. Uh, I'm not sure Andrew cares. He cares if it's sustainable for, you know, about three weeks. So. I mean, it's about Andrew made, what did he make? Three straight finals. Yeah. Three straight Buffalo Bills style. Think lost to three different teams too, didn't he? So uh, think what well, lost to Montreal, then who won in two thousand two? Was it was then then it was the Mets, and then Miami. Miami that that was the year. So they I believe they were down to Cleveland three zero, 
then won four straight in the Eastern Finals, and then swept Milwaukee. Well, good luck. You got to face on how true you. Good so luck. now that we've talked, now that we've fawned about Milwaukee, let's talk about the team they're facing. Uh, Houston, who has the best player in baseball. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to... Uh, going to argue with you when I say that Angel Trujillo had, was the best player in baseball this season. I don't know. What about Jim Brandon? <laughs> Angel Trujillo was the best player in baseball this season. I don't think anyone's going to argue with me on that one. Someone is. Someone voted for Jim Brandon. As and you voted for uh, Tim Fleming, <laughs> and you can Fun nicely go fuck yourself for that. I like uh, I like Trujillo a lot. What I'm su- I was surprised by this earlier. This Houston team does not have a lot. Of real firepower, other they than have, he's a big part of it. I don't, you don't have they anyone have Trujillo and, and not a lot else. No, they, they have they, Trujillo, and then no one else hit more than twenty home runs. Trujillo himself hit forty-seven. You add the next three together, and that still doesn't get to Trujillo. Yeah, Voltaire had seventeen. Yeager had fifteen. Parsons had fourteen. That was two, three, and four. Add those together, you get forty-six. Trujillo by himself hit forty-seven. I mean, that Steve works Parsons. out just beautifully. Steve Parsons had a really nice year. Made us all look stupid for questioning his contract, but, but, uh, but I was surprised that this team didn't have more guys that you were like, "Wow, this team looks so good as a hitting team." I thought the Cubs were going to beat them because if it looks to me like if you shut down Trujillo, you shut down the team. And essentially, I mean, there's nothing you do. else there. But uh, right. they did. They even intentionally walked them in the inning where they gave up seven runs in the ninth. I don't know. Um, Houston isn't fantastic in my eyes still. I think there's a lot of holes. Milwaukee's complete. Seems pretty simple. I mean, they're, they're a solid team. I, I don't yeah. think they're, they're – they've got – on the batting side, they've got Trujillo in, in Parsons. Yeager had a meh year. Uh, Voltaire had a good year. Wade had a good year. On the pitching side, uh, Viramontes is fine. Brookman's fine. Roman's fine. But no one that you look at and you think – that's why I want starting a game one, or that's why I want closing a game one. The strength of this team is the bullpen. Their bullpen's really good. Yeah, uh, Young, uh, that's that's something that if you look at uh, Sterling's draft history, he's taken relievers early, and you can see some of those guys here. Mike Clark, Mark Sanderson, Steve Young, uh, Betty is someone he got off the waiver wire. Those are all strong guys. I mean, 42 saves for Betty's this year. I believe that led the league, if I'm not mistaken. It did. It did. And he might be the weakest reliever of the bunch for this team. Which is funny because if you look at, you look at his, uh, I believe he blew five of his first ten saves, and I don't think he's blown a save since then. That's a confident move from your GM. Can you imagine if he had his brother's instincts? You're out of here. You're, Take you're you in your 42 <laughs> saves. He blew, let's see, between <laughs> April 5th and May 28th, he had 10 saves and four blown saves. So he was 10 for his first 14, including 0 for his first two. He was 0 for his first two, and then from there, he was 10 for his next 10. Yeah, blew well, two more, and then starting from May 29th on to October 2nd, he was, what was he? He was 32 for 32. Well, and the Astros weren't even really great in the early going, they were 11 and 11 in April, you know, so that, that team caught fire in the late spring, early summer. I'm sure a big part of that was because of uh, the blunt saves. Yeah. He didn't have, he didn't blow five of his first 10 because 
he only no, he blew he blew his first two. He blew his first two April fifth and April sixth. Got his next ten and then blew two more. Um, and since then, he hasn't blown a single one. He hasn't blown a single one since May twenty eighth. Wow. It's interesting. This team gets ahead in the late innings. They're going to win. But, uh, but, and uh, Sterling brought this up, uh, but uh, they lost their first baseman late in the season. Mm-hmm. And Anderberg. Anderberg. And that hurts them a little bit um, because, uh, you know, one could make an argument. He was one of their, you know, top three hitters. Which is uh, crazy. This guy should be terrible. But uh, he gave him a good year last year. Bounced back, played well. And what that does do is that opens up the door for Halverson to get more playing time. Interesting player that um, he's finally making his debut at 23. And he stepped up and played well. I was very surprised. He still looks like a guy to me who needs an extra year. Um, like you, look, you look at the Houston team, who else are you going to throw in there? I mean, um, yeah, you don't well, have many options. There's not many guys on this team. Mulholland, you can throw it at first. And then the outfield of Halverson, uh, Voltaire Trujillo. Yeah. I mean, he did the right thing. It's very good defensively. That's for sure. Halverson's one of these guys that my scout doesn't like nearly as much as OSA. So I've always been sort of down on him. I mean, not his fault. My scout's probably wrong, but whatever. I mean, on that note, I want to take a second to talk about Gabe Landry. Did you guys watch the one-game playoff live sim? Yeah, I did. I did. That was an incredible catch in right field by Game Landry. <laughs> I mean, they all looked the same. That uh, one, it, from my view, program, that, looked like, a home, that looked like a home run saver. That looked like he jumped at the wall and caught that. Maybe he did. Maybe. So, just a guy that my scout doesn't like. I think he's got a 40 potential. Anywho, not relevant here. Yeah, let's um, let's keep moving. Uh, you want to stay in the, uh, you want to stay in the West or yeah, you want to stay in the West? Let's stay in the West. Yeah, let's get that over. California won 101 games this year playing Seattle. It looks like Arturo Alvarado is scheduled to start game one after not having to pitch in the wildcard series. That is fantastic. That's a huge deal. That is, that is. is. I need, I needed Los Angeles to steal at least one game to get Alvarado on the mound. That kills you. So you have... Arturo Arturo in game one. Yep, Alvarado you? versus Aguilar. Yep, that's fantastic. I know who I'm betting on. Uh, you betting on Aguilar? Uh, no thanks. Yeah. I'll take Alvarado over anybody in baseball. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the visiting team or you want to start with the home team? Let's talk about your Angels real quick. Okay, I'll let uh, you want me to you want me to talk about them or you guys want to talk about them? Um, I don't want to go super deep into this, but. The Angels are the best pitching staff in baseball. Yep. By far. Uh, best pitching, period. I don't know if they can score runs, though. I'm surprised to see them not as high up in runs scored. I mean, sort of. I mean, we say this every year. That we yeah. do. Yeah. Every year the team doesn't score runs, and you look at the pieces and it looks okay, but they just don't. So on that note, since... So we were, I believe, 11th in run score going into, going into, like, August. The fact that we're up to 6th, I love that. Yeah. Well, you, you made some moves because Jeremy Reese has been a godsend. That Jeremy, guy's incredible. Oh, my God. I, so I had been after Jeremy Reese since probably 2006. Um, it, it, uh, I, when I'd been talking to, to Sly early in the year about Reese, 
And he said, if, if, if everything, if hell breaks loose, I'm going to put everyone on the block. I'll let you know first about Reese. He, he PM me about Reese. He then threw everyone on the block. I think I PM'd him Reese in all caps with like 17 E's. <laughs> um, and then he sent me a trade offer. I think I made one counter and then we had a deal done. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's had 430 some plate appearances for you and has four war. I mean, he's got a 966 OPS. Yeah, I mean, great, he's a stud. Great year for you. He's a stud. It really makes that whole lineup come together. He's a righty in that middle of the lineup sea of lefties with Noyola and Riley and those clowns. And uh, just makes a lot of sense. Losing losing tip sort of hurt a bit. Um, I don't know if I, it does. I, mean, I, had, I had him in the nine hole, but I like him more than Osborne. I like him more than Olivaria. This is um, a he, guy who stole 50 bases. That's He did. He, he stole 52 bases. And if he stays healthy, I think he does get to the 60 that uh, the preseason predictions had him pegged for. Doesn't get to the 12 home runs, doesn't get to the 100 RBIs, but he does get to the uh, stolen bases. Mark. Didn't get to the single one war either. No, he did not. But I think he had one war over his last couple months, or over his last month, which just tells you how bad he was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, late a Nate Riley-esque for, season for him. Nate Riley had 200 strikeouts and 36 walks. That is a strikeout-to-walk ratio of a touch over five. Is that good? That is fantastic. That is so bad. So bad. <laughs> And I'm the crazy one for caring about strikeouts, but get him out I, of there. I've I've said many times I, I'm on Jake's side about strikeouts. I think strikeouts are just another out, but you can't not walk if you're going to strike out a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and strike out a lot will be just fine because they're going to get on base and lots of times they have power, but you can't is, walk never and strike out all the time. And the Angels don't walk at all. The whole team doesn't walk. No. All right. Our leader in walks was Kim, and then half a season of Reese. Yeah, that's rough. You're 10th in walks, and you're trying to understand why you don't have a great offense. There you go. But I I think the best move I made this year was giving up on Mike Earwood. It hurt, but I think that was a move I had to make. Yeah, yeah I'm you, glad. What did you get, get back? I got back Cardenas and I think a two and maybe a speck or two. So I... I saved Nobody some on money. the team now? Or? Uh, Alfredo Cardenas, who's a utility oh, first okay. baseman back up DH. But no, it, it what it did is allow me to play Jorge Rivera and um, Tipsort. Uh, and Tipsort every day. And Rivera, right. if not for Trujillo, probably would have been up there in work of the year. I mean, he, he fell off over the second half, but he had a quality year in his own right. 23 home runs, a 795 OPS. You got to feel bad for anyone trying to win rookie of the year against Rio. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Corey Deering. Great season. Sorry, Jorge Rivera. Too bad for you. Yeah, no, I saw that when I was looking at voting earlier today. Was that uh, Rivera had actually had a pretty nice year? Didn't we over under him on the preseason pod too? And it was sort of ridiculous what OSA was suggesting or what uh, the preseason projections were. I think for... that was Souders that had the insane. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, but no, he had a pretty nice year for you. I think he's a pretty decent player. Very, very decent. I mean, he had to play third base for most of the year just to get the lineup to work. He he held his own there. I, I don't think he's a. I don't. He should be at second base. Right. Um. I don't think he has the arm to stick at third. But the way the the defense worked, still second in efficiency, it it, it turned out fine. Yeah. I, I think I hit. I think I've got hitters one through seven: Kim Noyola, Reese, Riley, Rivera, Cressman, Allison, Gil Allison, who had twenty four home runs this year. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think if this team hits against the Mariners, they beat them because the Mariners aren't going to out-hit them. But uh, but this team has to hit. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Mariners have been good. They've had a good finish. I think they're hot. I, I think they uh, could easily be considered the favorites against the Angels. We did Similar play teams. Seattle. So Seattle had a winning record. They were 20 games better than San Francisco over the uh, – or sorry – 11 games better than San Francisco over the home divisional stretch. We took four out of six against Seattle uh, in that last round of play, including a 6-5 loss at home and a 7-6 loss on the road. I'm terrified if I'm, pl- if I'm you. you got to face Alvarado twice. The team's been unstoppable. they just coming off a sweep. I always feel like that's good mojo. The one that's reason a- I'm not as terrified is that I actually, for once... Trust my closer. It helps. For it helps. Once I trust the person I'm giving it to in the ninth inning. Well, that and the other thing, and the Angels can hit lefties this year. There was a couple of years back where the Angels just were oh, all we, lefty. Yeah. It, this we, year they uh, could hit lefties. When we had Salcedo, Earwood, Riley, yep. all they those were guys. All left handed. At one point in time, I think I, I think I had a couple of starting lineups that I trotted out that year that was just nine lefties. Yep. Well, Seattle's got two twenty pitchers who are both lefties, and you better hit them. That's you in trouble. Yep. Yeah, they've got Alvarado, and they've got Price, who are both lefties. Deering a lefty or a righty? He's a Deering's righty. Deering's a righty, and then Horn's a righty. Right. But that's a sneaky rotation. Offense has been on fire. That's going to be the top four. I mean, that's the four you're facing. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, you'll see what happens. I mean, I think the fact that the that the uh, Angels can hit lefties this year. Bodes really well for them in this series. I think I'll take the Angels, but uh, but like D. Rich is saying, I'm scared to death of any team that Dustin is the GM of. I think he's fantastic. Does a great it, job. Seattle's got a really good bullpen. I think they were good last year. They were absolutely horrible all year. They even got better down the stretch to bump up to tenth in ERA. I mean, I, so. I touched on this. I mean, Alvarado's. ERA ballooned to 519 on May 25th after he had a very weird three straight outings. And then he still finishes with 7.7 war. Started 30 game, 32 games, had 20 wins, a 3-1-1 ERA. I mean, he's, he's for all intents and purposes, besides maybe Pons or Ram. Uh, at this point, if you, if you needed one game out of a pitcher, what pitcher are you taking? I think I would still take Pons, but Alvarado's on the list. I mean, you just I saw might, what Pons did against. I would probably take I, I would probably take Alvarado at this point. I feel like he never gets beaten up. Pons occasionally gets beaten up. Alvarado just never gives up a homer, it seems like. Do you know who led... Strikeouts are more guaranteed. Do you know who led um, Seattle in weighted runs created plus? Camacho? No, I don't. Felix Camacho, their catcher. 128. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Silver Slugger. I remember voting for him. Incredible. Camacho at at catcher. They have... I believe they start one, two, three... For five guys that that have that WRC plus above 100. Yeah, this team, this is a team. They don't look like they should be as good as they are. Almost, and they like, sold. And they sold at the deadline. You look That's, at the ratings, and you're sort of like, eh, and then they're like really good. So maybe sort of a weird little team. Differently. I wish Burkhart was still on it, but I like a lot of his. I season. think that was. I think that was addition by subtraction. Burkhart was not good in Seattle. Yeah, it's so bizarre. That was a expensive three-month rental for you. 
Um, but he, he got something back, and that also allowed him to give Galvez run. He should, Galvez is the starting center fielder, for, for better or for worse. What do you guys think of that? I think it's for worse right now. It's pretty fun that he's there. Uh, he ain't ready for the majors. Come on. And would you would you be playing Travis Profit in center field right now? Probably. Um, I'm a Profit fan. The defense, you lose a little bit, but he's just flat up better hitter right now. I'm Miracle of Profit Kinder in, in the outfield ain't bad. I'm happy to see Shane Kinder start to hit. That's mm-hmm. nice to see. 35 good, homers. I saw that today. Good young player. I, I think that was uh, living up to I, that nice contract. Yep. Uh, 120 WRC plus, only 2.33 war. That's all right. DH'd half the year. DH'd okay. half, uh, DH'd half the year, and the other half the year, he was he was a minus 2.1 in in right field. So he, he yeah. definitely didn't have the defensive value. The power I, was there, but I think he's yeah. going to be able to get on base a lot more than this year. Didn't walk a ton. Seems like a guy who should hit for average. So is is. I'm, I'm going to throw the name out there again. Does, if if this guy continues to to not walk and strike out, Nate Riley. Yeah, there's or, just or no. Is that, or is that his floor? There's just no way looking at the ratings that that happens, though. I think that's his floor. Um, I don't think he'll ever have a season quite like this year again. Just felt a little strange. I mean, and D. Rich is right. This is a guy that contact. He should be hitting better than 273. The guy that from I discipline ratings. He should have a better yeah, walk profile hit, than he does. He had 370 in AAA last year. Would you yeah. believe me if I said that Nate Riley, a left-handed batter, had a higher lefty contact rating than righty contact rating? I would believe you because I'll bet you're looking at it. But Oh, yeah. He has a 65 contact against lefties, 55 against righties. Yeah. Love for him to not hit 250 then. Yes, I would love for him to not hit 250. That would be fantastic. Well, my pick Seattle. Always take the hot team. Always take the hot team. We've, we've won seven straight. You took two weeks off. I don't care. You're tired. Kinder can't hit lefties. I mean, and so that's a bit of an Achilles heel. And we've got two in the rotation, too. Aguilar, De La, uh, De La Cruz is a lefty, and Bird is a lefty. Yeah. I mean, I think that Kinder can't hit lefties. That's one thing that's against him. But I've always sort of liked this kid. He ranked really high on one of my lists very early on. So. I'm expecting a horribly boring low scoring series. It is going to be like four to one, two one. That's like three zeros. Exactly a whole a lot of two to one, three to two. Yep. Yeah. Base runners will be coming at a premium. And I think I'm going to take Seattle's bullpen over Mark Scruggs and Steve Vines. Interesting. I I think I will take California, but. Just because they can hit lefties this year. So here's my question for you. Should Scruggs be that number four starter, or should he be sitting in the bullpen as that seventh and eighth inning guy? Why not just go five-man rotation? Fuck it. It's either Scruggs or De La Cruz. It depends. No, I mean, De, De La Cruz. Aguilar, Aguilar De La Cruz are both getting two starts. So, so who's not starting instead of Scruggs? Um, as of now, the one, two, three, four is Aguilar, De La Cruz, Totten, Bird. So Bird would be the one moving to the bullpen. Depends on how deep Aguilar goes in game one. He might he might pitch a complete game and you want to give him an extra day of rest. Who knows? I, mean, I, I think he led the league in pitches for start. So watch out. I don't know. I think I'd start Scruggs, but I've always liked Mark Scruggs. I don't know that I like it more than Adam Bird, though. Dear Lord. 
Boy, to have problems like this, what I would not give. Problems of a 101-win team. Fuck you, Cake. Right. Start whoever the hell you want, right? Yeah. Like, good lord. Yeah, what a dumb question. <laughs> yeah. I, right. I, I don't know. All right, next. I think we covered. We're, probably, we're going slow. Let's pick up the pace and head uh, on let's east. Let's go into the east. Let's start with Atlanta and Miami. Right, let's, let's slow down the pace now. Now, let's <laughs> slow it down. Take our time. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk, talk to me. I mean, Miami's an 83-win team. Everyone was talking Cincy Baltimore for that three-seed early in the year, and then Miami just comes out of nowhere. They bought at the deadline, and it paid off. Uh, I want to say I never bought into the Cincinnati hype. Matt, I think you're horrible. <laughs> I always thought this was going to happen. They, uh, they bought, Miami bought, and it, and it worked out for them. Um, they, they snuck in with 83 wins, and then they did what everyone saw and just swept Pittsburgh in three games. They had, I believe, 13 runs on 21 hits in Game One against Andy Allen, who, for all, he wasn't, he wasn't what he was last year, but he was still a fantastic pitcher this past year. Um, well, they, and then they, they beat Pelton, who was better than Allen this year. They, they, they beat everybody. They, I don't they, want to talk about teams not in this. Screw the Pittsburgh Infernals. Let's move on. 13 runs yes. on 22 yes. hits in Game One. Uh, six runs in Game Two. Five runs in Game Three. This is a team, we've talked about them before, they're not going to strike out and they're going to put the ball in play. And they have good pitching, good starting pitching. At least. And they've got one of the best, they've got a quality one, two, three, Kozak Nakamura Vega. Yep. And the the signing that we all questioned before the year, John Ford, he turns around as a one, two, four ERA this season. Well, that's, if this team has an Achilles heel, it's the bullpen. I mean, because they're still, they still don't write real well overall. Oh, I agree with you. I think if I, they, I can, think the if they can get through strong. six innings, if, if they can go Kozak for six innings, Dufresne for the seventh, Ford for the eighth, Nakayama for the ninth. Yeah, I would this bullpen right now. Um, well, you would, but that's got not, that's just because you're a, hurt. This is a team that didn't even hit 100 home runs. That's the Achilles heel. They can't hit. Not a single player for Miami had more than nine home runs. No one had double-digit home runs. Uh, totally wrong. No, I'm looking at it right Right now. Oh, he traded for some uh, some. He power, traded for say. Ramirez. He traded right. for Pineda. He traded for Kelly. So no one hit more than ten home runs while in Miami uniform. Right. How many? <laughs> I don't know how many guys played enough games to even do that. Um, and only one player had more than fifty strikeouts. That's cool. I like seeing teams like this. That he's it's a weird little build. team. They're very weird. Everything about Jay is weird. They're a weird little team. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I still want to know who's going to start Game Four. I think that's a real problem. I mean, they yeah. really need Gibney. This Isn't team this looks team... so much better if Gibney doesn't get hurt. Miami this is so much so scarier. much better. They're scarier in a five-game series than they are in a seven-game series. Yes, by they miles. are by not There's a small thing. amount. TJ Vopel only has is is only injured for one more day. Is he who is he the guy who pitches Game Four? Probably. He's better than anybody else they have. He's only been out a month. Um, I. I don't think Jay will listen to this in time. If I'm him, I'd probably roll with Madeira. It's a boomer bus play. That might be worth Even a shot. You just sodomized him. I did. I did. We do that sometimes in Atlanta in the Deep South. But Madeira is the guy who could go seven innings, strike out nine, and when only, you allow the one, only allow the one home run. Yeah, he could win you a ball game. But at the same time. 
Is there a good choice when you have to play against Atlanta? There's not. You just have to swallow your pride. He gave five home runs against Atlanta. My God. Atlanta I cannot keep the ball in the ballpark right now. We are. The home runs are unbelievable. Are there, are there hotter hitters right now than Silky or Gomez? No. God, no. God, no. Those guys are. You know, the, the Braves have the number one offense in baseball. Most home runs, highest on base percentage. Oh, Manriquez has been on fire, too. Is he going to make your playoff roster? Fuck yeah, he's starting in center, dude. Why wouldn't he? Gomez, oh, Silky, Manriquez in the outfield. My freaking God. God. Manriquez yeah. is uh, the seventh best center fielder for OSA, which is pretty damn good for a 21-year-old. I think, I would, not, start, I, think I would start Valpel in game four if I'm Jay. I don't care in the grand scheme of things. But, but that's a real problem. I mean, I'm not sure it's going to matter much. The Braves are so good. We are. We are. When the offense is this good. Uh, and yeah. Fawple was absolute crap this year. A 602, yeah. a 602 ERA this year. I mean, that's just merely a ratings play. Just because I'm scared and to death of guys it? like these other clowns, Madeira and these guys who have 40 movement, 30 control nonsense or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, but that, that, again, if there's a ballpark that can play and it's Miami. Yeah, or, I guess so. Or in SunTrust. Well, it, well game, game four would be in Miami. Game so he'd have the Miami. massive ballpark to, to yeah. hide Madeira. Where he that gave makes, up five home runs, he gave up five home runs in Atlanta. That makes a little bit of a difference. You're right. Yeah. It's an interesting question. It's what I thought of when I was looking at this earlier today, knowing we were going to pod about Miami, is who's going to start game four. Yeah, I would think it's Madeira, but... It could be Vopolik, or he could go nuts and go three-man rotation. Well, that I think that I think depending on the score of the series, you have to consider that. I think sure. if it's I think if it's two-one Braves, you got to start bringing back guys on short rest. Yeah, you got nothing to lose. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm very curious. I'm I'm excited because all these options are terrible. So I'm gonna have a good day. Which brings us to the Braves, Jake, for better or worse. Uh, I mean, you, there there are very few holes in this in this roster. I mean, looking purely at ratings, I mean, hell, bring the stats into play too. Is there a better outfield than Gomez, Manriquez, Flores? Absolutely not. There can't even be one close with Gomez healthy. A healthy Gomez makes the difference. Yeah, yeah. and Silky um, came into his own this year. I mean, the He's one, going down, to win the one downside is that they're all lefties. True. But Gomez also, Gomez and Silky, I believe, were 1-2, or were they 2-3 in, in OPS in the East? They were 2-3 uh, by a point or something like that. I think Sharp was just above them. Essentially, all three guys had the same OPS. Yeah. Right. That is largely correct. Yeah, I mean, Manriquez is hitting the crap out of the ball, too. Memo to Oakland and Kansas City. Not saying, just saying. Sorry. 35 homers in AAA. And then Covelli at first base, McCullough DH, Meacham at third base, Bourne at second base. The only hole is the shortstop where Boville doesn't know how to hit the baseball. Uh, Galdemez is going to play short. Galdemez is going to play short. I mean, he, and he had a WRC plus of over 100. So I believe besides catcher, that is eight players with a WRC plus above 100. Yep. That's what we do. Above league average, where I've been using that stat all day. 100 is league average for that. 
Now, we would not be being fair if we did not talk about the bullpen troubles the Atlanta Braves have had because everybody's hurt. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's hurt. You have Lias who's out for 27 more days. Clegg is out for another two weeks. Noriega is out for another two months. Struble's out for, what, seven months? Yeah, he's gone. Tell us how it's going to work in the playoffs, D. Rich. Freilich is going to close. You're going to give it to the rookie? I have to give it to the rookie. Um, What am I going to do in the middle innings? I have no idea. Uh, (laughs) My options are just horrible. Uh, You could look at my bullpen. It's the guys who pitched meaningful innings were just dreadful all year. Eric Fierro is a guy I loved and I was super excited. Uh, he's got he, similar ratings to Struble, and I've and had success. And he stunk on ice years. this year. Yeah, stunk on ice. Stunk on ice, but the FIP is very low. The XFIP is also very low, and the WAR was an even minus zero point zero one. So it's not like he was absolute trash. The ERA wasn't there. Um, but he there was absolute are, trash in September, towards the end of the season. There, 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 there are signs for positive the world, walks there. the world. Yeah. Yeah, in September, he pitched 12 games, 15.2 innings pitched, an ERA of 12.06. Was a bad September. Who's Perhaps. not going to get starts of the big five? Got to be it, trim. Is it Pippi, who's the odd man out? Interesting. Uh, I haven't Move decided. Them the I have not decided, but... I mean, I'd say whoever doesn't, I'd say throw them as a seventh or eighth inning guy. Oh, oh absolutely. yeah. That's, that's no doubt going to be... What's going to happen? And at this point in time, I'm leaning Davin Hess hits the bullpen. I could, I could definitely see that. He, he's the weakest of the five. He'd be pretty lethal out there, one would imagine. I think so. I think his skill set. I, I do like the plus-plus thought. I mean, he's not someone that's going to be able to get out lefties. That's, that's the issue. No, and I don't have any of those guys in the pen. Now that Leas is gone, uh, it's Chris Kleist. And that's Chris it. Kleist, man. I mean, especially if Chancellor comes back from Miami, you're looking at Pineda, who hits lefty, Burns, who hits lefty, uh, Linfoot, who can hit lefty. So those are, I mean, Linfoot isn't anything to worry about, really. To but... worry about, but Pineda and Burn, Pineda in particular, that's that's someone who could most likely give Atlanta fits this series. It's it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> my bullpen is fucking horrible. Like, if this was the pen all year, what I'm rocking. And You're I'm not getting to 100 like wins. That. You're not getting to 101 wins. Oh, no. Not getting to 100 wins. But I don't think I have a top 12 bullpen in the East, if that's the case. Probably not. Clegg had a great year. Noriega was having a great year. And Tony Leas was unbelievable out of this world good. And to lose Leas last was just a heartbreaker. Does uh does Randy Moneyball Money make uh, the playoff roster? He might, um, just for the sake of. I wouldn't want to play against him pinch hitting, a guy who just hit fifty seven homers in AAA. Park factors. <coughs> fifty seven's unbelievable. Uh, he had an OPS plus, which is park adjusted of one eighty five. Pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know what? He started one game for me this season. And he hit a home run. So what? Two for five with a dinger. He's he's probably not going to make the list, but I wish it was a fun year following him. I followed him about as much as any other player. So uh, one more series to touch on the O Canada series up in the north: Toronto versus Montreal. Jangles in with 101 wins with Montreal. 
Toronto knocked off the former North Division champs, the Mets. Dierich, you called Toronto as your uh, as your team early in the year, I and did. here they are playing Montreal. What, what do yes. you what do you see happening here? Let's start with Toronto. I was shocked when Toronto didn't win the division. I thought this is a solid team. That's kind of I thought they'd be a good regular season team. Um, I see them smoking Montreal. Haynes got hurt. That really hurt him. Um, Haynes is hurt. Isn't he? He's healthy now. He's healthy. Oh, oh he got hurt during the he, year. He That's and what I was Moore saying. are both healthy. Right. The, the player that no one has talked about this year, the criminally underrated, I put it in Slack earlier, Rafael Pisano. Yeah. I noticed this when I was looking at a hitter of the year. He's like fourth in WRC+. Mm-hmm. It's the big three and then Pisano. You know, Pisano actually got the all-star nod over Silky. They were up for the right field spot. And both were about equal in stats. Pisano's a quality player. 141 games, 27 home runs, slash line of 311, 386, and what was that, 5-something? He's not showing up for me. Hey, do you know who was 5th in WRC Plus? uh, Chevalier? It's Chevalier. Let's let's focus on playoff teams here, Francis. I'm just saying. Good teams only. I really like Rafael Pisano. I really do. He's the best hitter this team has. And Jake's right. Nobody nobody knows about him. Ah, Steve Warren's also pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, the lineup's just this team's super well rounded. Um, pitch, rotation, bullpen, lineup, defense, everything's solid. Montreal is one of those teams that's not solid all the way around. They feel very heavy pitching wise. I think the bullpen was absolute luck, absolutely unsustainable. I do Same not. For, think, I do not think that is true at all. When you have that eighth, the eighth inning and ninth inning of Jimmy Wagner and Murdoch Akbar. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It was the fifth and sixth inning guys that were unbelievable. You can look at this team. They had four guys in the bullpen make the all-star team. You think Wilrick Bennett is a superstar? He, I mean, he no. That, that, the FIP is two points higher than his ERA. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this bullpen. Um, I don't know the other one who made the all-star team. I know this Lindstrom plays, pitched this really This team well. plays great defense. They're so good defensively. It's probably my, it was probably Mike Christ. Yeah, you There's, can look at every, every reliever. They all overperformed. Yeah, it was crisp. So I, my prediction is that they are going to lose via the bullpen. I think they're going to have some problems unless their pitchers go deep. Well, yeah. I mean, it's in, they're really deep in the starting rotation, too. They're going to move some guys to the pen, too. I mean, yeah, they I don't need all those guys. I, I still do not like the haul that he gave up for Bill Potts. Uh, I don't hate it. I don't I have to look at the thing, but I have to look Let's at the trade. Look. I don't think I don't remember him th- thinking he gave up very much. Holy cow! It's a lot of it's a lot of guys. Emmett Hill, who's now a red, Mikey Showalter, who is a top fifty spec. Adam Knight, Carlos Canales. That's who's not a name. The, I, who's now the Angels? That's uh, a, that's not that's not a name I know. That's why I don't know him. He's nothing special. Nope, he is not. Eric Dudziak. Now, that's a name I do know. He's now a Mariner. God damn. Casey never keeps anybody. Motherfuck. It just gets more and more frustrating. Um, but, yeah. No, I mean, I always sort of liked Emmett Hill. Thought I think he's going to be a starter. He's going to play. He'll be all right. Who are they going to roll with in the, in the rotation? 
I don't know. Does Eng get, get starts in the playoffs? I'd say Cardona, so. Rear, Mendoza, Enget. He's got to get starts. He's been so Bobby good Hicks isn't getting any starts? Oh, shit. Forgot about Hicks. Yeah, it's going to be Hicks, Cardona, Rear, Mendoza. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if Rear's is getting starts. I don't know if Mendoza's getting starts. Mendo- I think Mendoza just because just he threw the no-no recently. I thought that was Cardona. Was that Cardona? It's Cardona. It was. It was. No. Cardona, definitely. Hicks, definitely. And then after that, I think you got to go and get Mendoza, don't you? I mean, Chris Rear, Bill Potts, they just don't look as good as... I mean, I don't, I don't like Mendoza. I mean, maybe Mendoza looks a little better at the pen, but he can't get lefties out. I wouldn't pitch Cardona. You wouldn't? No, I would, I would tell him to take a hike. He, he had a rough end of the year. I wouldn't feel good. He gave you three awesome months, made the offer team, and then shit the bed. I don't want him on the mound in playoffs. I think he's going to be there. I don't know, his, I last, hope, his last I four starts there. haven't been bad. A, a 2 one uh, 3 ERA, 25 innings pitched. Mind you, the, the no-hitter makes that look a lot better than uh, a lot better. But even the last three starts, a 3-3-1 ERA, 16 innings pitched. Well, good for him. Because he had a, still had an ERA of almost five in September. Yeah, uh, the the start against the Mets, two point two innings, nine earned. So that uh, that sort of blows that up a bit. Not feeling good. I would go with Hicks. I would go with Enget. I think I would give Bill Potts the nod. Deserves it. And I might even go Chris Freer. I might say I traded for these guys. They deserve it. The shot. It's interesting. Be interesting to see what Jangles does. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. But it's the bullpen that I have worries about. Um, I don't love the, any of these pitchers enough to go seven innings. So you're going to need at least an inning or two to get to Wagner. I think that's hard for him. Well, the wagner Bar thing, I think, is is that's money in the bank. So that's if they make it, the sure things you got. Right. If they make it to the eighth, they'll be in good shape. But you might be right about the middle innings. It's not fan, It's not fantastic. No, I think it's borderline bad, and the performance that all of them gave, pretty unbelievable. I mean, that's one of the craziest stories I think Her, we had this year. All these way, guys with an ERA under two and a half. Colin Ooh. Cardona has the lowest BABIP in the league. And that's so, so much of that is from those first three months when it was about 212 for point, 15 starts. Point two six. That is a low BABIP. He was, sort of for, he was sort of fortunate this year. Well, what do you think of the contract that Jangle signed him to recently? Do you feel good about that? Well, I don't know. It's well, not a lot of five million is not a lot of money. Long time. Long time, not a lot of money. Eh, I think he'll be... that I don't the fact that I don't want to pay him five million dollars for five more years tells me that I don't want him pitching in the playoffs. I don't know. He's 27. He'll be 32 when the year's over. I don't know. I think he, he's good. He's, he's, he's an average pitcher. A, a yeah. career fit minus of 103. He's nothing fantastic, nothing right. terrible. Yeah. He, he's a number four. He's what he is. I mean, he's a, he's a bad number four, in my opinion. And I don't ever feel good about a number four taking them out unless I'm California. Well, my number six is better than a lot, a lot of teams' number threes. Yeah, we're done with the Angels, Jake. Yes. Okay. But uh actually we're not done yet with the Angels. Give me one second, I'll tell you why. All right. Well, I like Toronto a lot. Uh this is momentum, the series. Momentum. This is the series I have no idea who to pick. 
I, I, I don't think know it is the think. closest series. I think the other three have pretty clear. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds shitty, but I think Milwaukee and the Braves are favored pretty heavily. Yeah. And then the other two are kind of a toss up. Yeah. So, Even though California should be favorites, but yep. Yeah, so I let's go through and make our uh, make our official picks in the West. Dear, let's start with you. Seattle takes down the Angels. Five games. Brewers take down the Astros. Four games. Toronto takes down Montreal. Six games. Atlanta takes down Miami. Four games. Am I going to keep going? Go I will take. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna go. We're gonna. We're, we're, we'll come back to you. All right. We're. I will take the Braves in five. I'll give Miami a win. Um, I will take. I think I'm gonna take Toronto. I think I'm gonna take Toronto. Uh, I, I. I just have a. Just have a feeling that they're gonna. That I was very impressed with Sam Monzo. Uh, I would have started. Gomez instead of Monzo in games one and five in that series. Um, so good for Amin. Uh, yeah, Manzo got it done. Yep. Rough first uh, outing, too. Yeah, he got hit around in that first game, but came back to, a complete game to, beat, five. That's awesome. to beat Pons and pitch a complete game to win the series. Yeah, no, I think I'll take Toronto. I'll say, I'll say that it happens in seven games. Uh, I think that's a really close tough series i'll take the angels to win another close tough series i'll say six games against the mariners and uh, uh i think milwaukee's gonna sweep houston i just don't i i, I don't i'm 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 shocked by the fact that houston won that many games you're literally looking, speechless yeah. looking at their lineup i, I it, it's it really is trujillo and a lot of what the hell so, so when you see a team that usually gets to, to 85, 90, 90 wins, you're expecting that run differential to be higher than the number of wins. Houston had more wins than uh, they did a higher run differential. Mm-hmm. Um, Milwaukee over Houston in four. Uh, give me Toronto over Montreal in six. Atlanta over Miami in six. I think Miami is going to steal two at home. Uh, and then give me Cali over Seattle in five. So, Deer, just go back to you. What's the last two series looking like? The the regional finals and the Skyline Cup. Man, I really like Seattle, but uh, I think Milwaukee actually beats them in seven games. Then they, uh, the Braves, I mean, I hate doing this because I feel like I got to pick myself. I don't want to pick myself, but I genuinely do this go around. I think I'm going to beat Toronto pretty hard. And then... I don't know. I'd, I'd give the edge to Milwaukee over Atlanta in the finals. And I'm really saying that just because I don't want to be a guy who picks the Braves. It's, it's hard. Trent? I will take uh, Milwaukee to beat California, and I will take uh, – I think that's a closer series. Uh, but uh, but Milwaukee's just too good. Six games, uh, and I'll take – uh, the Braves to beat Toronto. I th- although I think Toronto's game in that series, and that series goes the distance. Uh, Braves over Toronto in seven, and then I'll take uh, Milwaukee over the Braves in seven games in a classic Skyline Championship series. That would be fun. That would be. So fun. I think uh, Atlanta takes Toronto in five. Toronto's a good team, but I think that Atlanta team is is too good. I think the Milwaukee Cali series goes seven. I I honestly don't know who who pulls it out. I. Gut, my gut tells me Milwaukee's gonna 
throw Ramos three times in that series. <laughs> um, games one, four, and seven. Um, so I think that series goes seven, and then whoever wins that series beats Atlanta in six. Oh boy! So I think oh, can't even pick yourself. I, I, I refuse that. I choose I'm not choose the team. You can say the Angels. No, I got. I, I called myself out on, on that last. I'm not. I'm not going to pick myself. Because right. I honestly, that Milwaukee team is is the best team in baseball, and and facing Juan Ramos three times in in seven games, even on short rest, is is difficult. Hey, you know what? You know who the winner of the sky won't be? It won't be the Mets or the Infernals. Oh my gosh! So exciting. Thank God. So fucking exciting. When's the last Thank time a non-Infernals Pirates team? Or besides last year, it was, it was the Dodgers last year. Before that, was it was it oh four? Was it um, Miami, Baltimore, no, Baltimore, and oh four? Oh, so exciting! Oh God. So tired of that shit. Okay, so we've we've talked playoffs. Let's go on to another end of year fun thing awards. Um, hmm. This is something that I believe I started oh five oh six. I've gone out and I've made my awards transparent. Um, I've talked about it. I've, I've said why I've wanted to make them transparent. Um, so this year we're going to talk about it on the pod. Uh, let's, you guys want to start with GM of the year? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So for GM of the year for me, um, Mr. Sterling Simpson, uh, uh, again, so I look at GM of the year as how'd you improve over last year? Um, it's, I, I look at it from a, from a season, per, season by season perspective. Sure. Someone like, uh, I mean, Drich, you're, you're a fantastic GM, but you also go out and win. 100 games every year. So that's why I usually like to look at those teams that, that were up and coming. So number one, Sterling Simpson in Houston, 26 win differential, uh, won 67 games last year, up all the way up to 93 this year. Uh, number two, Mr. J-Mo Jangles, uh, after a losing record last year, 101 win this year. Fantastic season in Toronto. Number three, Matt Carlisle finished tied for third, a heartbreaking tiebreaker loss. Uh, 20, 23, uh, wind plus 23 wind differential from last year. Originally I had this guy at number four, but just because of how outspoken he was, Matt Parker in Cincinnati, still a fantastic year compared to last year. Um, but fell off a bit still 26, uh, 26, uh, wind differential compared to last year. Uh, and then number five, I've sort of recency bias, sort of not, but, uh, Jay Hardy in Miami plus 10 from last year, snuck into playoffs, made solid moves at the deadline. And now finds himself in a series against Atlanta for the Atlantic title. You know, I can't disagree with any of those. Um, I think my general philosophy is a little different than yours, though. I think it's easy to hit sort by win differential and just assume that's who did the best stuff. Uh, I don't really think of it that way. I want to see guys like Jay or guys like Kansas City when I've made moves. Granted, I didn't vote for Kansas City because your moves all failed. He didn't make the playoffs. But I voted for Sterling, not just because the run differential, but because he had his huge wallet, and he opened it up and overpaid Parsons and Viramontes with hopes of competing, and he, he won 93 games. So that's my pick for number one. I don't need to go into the whole thing. Uh, our friend in San Francisco also made my ballot. I decided to give him... A pass because he made a playoff game, a, a game one fifty seven. Anyway, I uh, I too have a little bit of a different attitude. Uh, I like to see teams that nobody expected to be there, and they were there. 
Uh, and there's only one guy whose team was never mentioned by anybody uh, and ended up being there, and it was San Francisco. And so Matt Car- Carlisle got my first place vote. Um, nobody saw the Giants anywhere near this. We talked about Houston on the opening pod. We talked about Cincinnati on the opening pod. Talked about Montreal. We talked about Miami. All these teams, we talked about them all. We never mentioned San Francisco. We all thought they were in the latter half of the Pacific. Uh, and so for that reason, Matt Carlisle gets my vote. Congrats to him. I'm, I'm uh, looking at the results right now. 12.30 a.m. on the East Coast, July 10th. Who gave Jason Tarlow of Pittsburgh the first uh, first place vote? His butt buddy in Vegas. It's the only logical choice. Um, I would think that too, but he has not know. submitted a ballot yet. I don't know. Someone's crazy. Don't crazy. get me started on crazy yet. I'm going to go on a rant pretty soon. And you guys yeah. know exactly why. Hey, how do you feel about um, like NBA Coach of the Year? It's kind of like teams that come out of nowhere. And Zach Lowe always says, I'm going to vote for Popovich every year. He's the best. I don't care. What do you that's, think of that? Uh, before, I mean, for the previous year, that's been, uh, that's been Trent with Dustin. Yep. This was the first year in a long, long time I haven't voted for Dustin. And Dustin has, still has that, uh, that, that number one vote. Yeah. Love one. Dustin. That, that not was not my vote. It. That was not my vote. So next, uh, let's go to East Pitcher of the Year. East Pitcher of the Year. Um, Is there much to say here? It It's Pons. Because it's yeah. Pons. It's Pons. Pons won the tri- won, ERA won under the tri- two. Won the Triple Crown. Uh, strikeouts, or strike, or, uh, yeah, strikeouts, he won by one strikeout. Wins, he won by one measly win. And the ERA was not close. That's actually fantastic. I didn't even realize that. Good for him. First time he's done it in his career. I can't imagine him being 34 and having a 1.93 ERA. That's just got to be against the law in all states except New York. That's just preposterous. Yeah, I had a uh, velocity. Oh, excuse me. I worry. I keep worrying about his velocity because he just seems like he's 35 and it's that time. I don't know when he's going to break. He might not. It hasn't happened, has it? Hasn't yeah. happened yet. Nope. So, so let's say that let's say Pons doesn't exist. Who, who's your Who's your next vote for for pitcher of the year? I think I did Flores, but I have to look again. That's, I did that's, Flores as well. Yep, I thought I had Flores too. Flores probably. Uh, I think you you can make a chance a case that he was the second best pitcher of the year. Two pitchers in the East had at least two hundred seventy five strikeouts, an ERA below three, and a WHIP below one. Yeah, that's Pons incredibly hard to do. Yeah. I think the whip below one is really what impresses me. I mean, these they don't even walk people, these guys. I guess yeah, Flores walks walks a few more than Pons. But... Oh, and beyond that, both of those pitchers had a strikeout percentage of at least 32% and a walk rate below 5%. It's Yeah, those two, and then it drops off a cliff, I think. Yeah. No disrespect to the Pittsburgh boys, but... Helton, Allen, both solid. Kozak, solid, but it's Pons, Flores, and everyone else. Ron Gibney had a good year. He's another guy who had a walk percentage below five, but his strikeouts, obviously, like half of Pons and Flores. So who knows if he would have got to 35 starts or something like that. Right. Got hurt. But but had a good year for them. But uh, but it's the Pons Award. I mean. Anything else there? Or should we head over to the West? Pons is incredible. Next. 
So let's hop over to the West. Um, up until about August 1st, I think Arturo Aguilar finally was leader in the clubhouse, and then Juan Ramos decided to do Juan Ramos things down the stretch. Yeah. This is the Juan Ramos Award. Yeah. On those. It really this is. Sick. This is going to be his sixth one, and there's not a, a way he could lose it the way the votes Strike are Strikeout right percentage, lower than his career average at 22.7, but a walk rate of 3.5%. Yeah, the strikeouts are dropping a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, plus, I, I, I look at ERA when I'm looking for pitcher of the year because I think it's Damn an excellent right. judge. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's an excellent judge of who had the best year, right? Like, you know, a lot of people go to FIP. That's fine, but that's better predictive. That's more, that's more of a predictive tool. Right, than, than who had the best year. And Juan Ramos, it, he's a third of a run better than anybody. I mean, so that's that means a lot to me. So people had Alvarado. Uh, people have Aguilar ahead of Alvarado. I actually voted Alvarado ahead of Aguilar. Um, a lot more Ks and three fewer starts. Uh, I pitched 40 fewer innings. Um, and still had those four, th- those 40 more strikeouts, the bat, the batting average against a measly 0.216. I mean, absolutely incredible. Yeah, I could it's go easy, either way here. It's easy to say that he had more war. He had the lower FIP, but if you look at, if you look at the counting stats, Aguilar led the league in wins, second in ERA, pitched a crap ton of innings and finished second in strikeouts. Yeah. I, I, I put Aguilar second cause I'm an ERA snub. Already talked about it. Yeah, forty innings is nothing to sneeze at. That's pretty awesome. Pitching forty more. I yeah, I, I would was... give the edge to Alvarado also, but it's Arturo, Arturo, whatever. And then yep. four four or five, you could go with seven or eight different guys. I went Totten Phillips. I, I went Phillips well. Tottens. So so I love right. Josh Phillips. You're on the same page. Okay, uh, let's go to stay with the pitchers. East reliever of the year. This was kind um, of a fun one. Yeah, this was uh, close. I, I think one, two, everyone is going to agree. Some some sort of Akbar Basinger. It's shocking how many people voted John Ford so far. It's because it, it's because that ERA. They they sorted by ERA and saw that beautiful one point two four ERA. Well, this was also a a WAR, I believe, that's higher than Akbar. Uh, yes, dif- it is. The difference uh, is he did no, it in the eighth inning versus the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. Um, but and again, if you want to if you want to see the the true value of a cl- of a of a closer or reliever, look at the win probability added. There you go. And you have Basinger at five point seven, Akbar at five point six. Akbar's ERA was a, nearly a full point lower. Yep, I voted Akbar number one. I voted him number one because of the ERA, because of the uh, fit the FIPS a little lower. Or I'm sorry, the FIP's a little higher, but the ERA is a lot lower. The WHIP's a little lower, and I love that .172 batting average against. That is filthy, just triple X-rated filth. Only Fantastic. two relievers had a had a lower BABIP than Akbar's .254. But then again, this is also an award for what happened, not what should have happened. Right. That's right. So and now that both- I'm looking at this, I had Basinger one. I'm tempted to 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 move Akbar to one. Yeah, you definitely could. Um, and know what? I think I'm gonna do that. I've got Akbar one, Basinger two. After well, that, I us. after that I like to see guys that don't get saves get recognized. So I uh, put John Ford, John Ford's there. my number three. Yeah, I put in Jimmy Wagner three, and then John Ford. But I I had Wagner four, four yep. three, and then uh, Viz Carando five. I put Viz Carando five as well. I it's, gave a shameless vote to Tony Leas. <laughs> I mean, that's not fair. even shameless. The, the, the ERA shameless. was there. A, a one point five two ERA. Um, I think. 
I mean, yeah, I think he's he's definitely deserving of a vote. If Clegg had pitched probably another 30, another 20, 25 games, I think he would have made my ballot. Yeah, yeah, as they should have. If he um, had 40 saves again. But yeah, I Which think there was definitely a, a top five or six there. Uh, there was definitely a top two there in the East and then a solid 3-4. And then yeah, I think I'm leading Basinger still, but it's really a coin flip. It's really close. I like that Basinger pitches every, every fucking game. Well, yeah, the, the, the innings pitched is a big number for me. I love guys that can pitch innings. that he gets to about 100. Yep, every year. Incredible. It's a lot of six-out saves for Basinger in New York. Yeah. You guys ready to move on to the, uh, to the West? We are. So my vote for number one, Alfredo Garza. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> that He's so bad. He had, he had a solid last week, though. You're going to pick up that option, Jake? I'm just kidding. I'm just God, kidding. no. I'm Not just kidding. Chanton Hill. Just kidding. He'll re-sign him next year. Oh the, yeah, uh... I'm gonna re-sign him at five at five million and just hope this year goes better. <laughs> um, I mean, he had a good last week. He he may have played himself onto the postseason roster, which is scary he was in its own right. Pitching for his playoff life, I said so. Yep. He, he had a six-out save where he struck out five and only had 19 pitches. That's tough to do. Well, I think this race is also a two-horse race. Vines uh, and Viani. Vines and Viani. My take a take a guess where my vote went. I'm um, I know you're voting for Vines. One hundred percent voting for Vines. It looks like he's going to take down the award, whether or not I he vote, should be. Probably I voted pitch for more him innings, lower ERA. I voted for Vines. Much yeah. higher win probability added. Um, the FIP was about a point lower than Viani's, so you can take that as it as it is. Um, where does that three WAR come from for Viani? That's a big number. I'm seeing a two four two. His war? Oh, his I, war. Two, yeah, two point nine war. Yeah, that's a huge. That's a huge number for sixty innings. Well, it's I mean, the yeah, fifth. he pitched fifteen fewer innings and had point two more war. It's but yeah, that, that FIP of below it's two. FIP. It's all FIP. I I wonder what the the R war. Yeah, is, that would be the, a good the question. runs against war. Right. Yeah, this is one I could see going either way. I gave it to Vines mainly for hitting the forty save milestone. Totally stupid, but I like seeing 40. 40 is a nice round number. Um, beyond those two, I had Ortega Young, and I had Caro. I may take him off after that postseason blow-up, but that's why I had rest of the way. I was in the Luis, Luis Caro sweepstakes. wanted to get him from Kansas City. Uh, that's sort of strange, because if I would have, Chicago might have beaten Houston, but you know that's just neither here nor there. Um, but uh, but because I was bitter, I didn't put him on my ballot at all. I, I just took him off my ballot, put on uh, Sergio Moreno. Yeah. I don't think that's fair. You guys should put him back on. <laughs> I mean, hey, Moreno, Moreno had a 1.66 ERA. It's the regular season award. I never I had him on my ballot to begin with. Jake's the one that took him off. So. Yeah, I had him at five. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Who gives a crap who finishes fifth in reliever of the yeah, year? That's, yeah, it's Viani or Vines. Um, if you sort by war, you're going to pick Viani. You sort by anything else, you're going to get Vines. I can go either way. I like Vines. 40, Let's go whatever. Eastern Rookie of the Year. This is a fun one. This is fun. This... To me, this is the three pitchers, Trim Rosales Vega. Um, I'm a bit of a war whore, so you can blame me on that one. And then Popovic. Bit of a mustache whore, so that's why I voted Trim. Yeah, um, I, I had those five. Um, actually, I voted McCullough 
over Pena. I wonder why. There. A little bias there. I just don't see any way you can't vote for one of those two pitchers. I mean, is that Rosales won- and Trim? No, no, Trim and Vega. Rosales is not in their league. 413 ERA, not getting it done in my world. Hey, you spent half the year in the bullpen, half the year as a starter. So yeah, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, oh no. In my, if, if, if it, it is official that guys forget to click on pitchers, if one of these two pitchers does not win this year, I mean, because they are demonstrably better than any of the hitters on the ballot. And thankfully, it looks like people did it right. Uh, Tyler Trim looks like he's running away with it. Tyler Trim, a former first round pick that Cleveland had and then changed because he didn't want him. Uh, uh, the definition of an OSA darling. It's funny you say that. My scout thinks he's a hell of a lot better than OSA. Uh, I think I this voted... is a future ace. I do. I think he and Vega might be torturing the Atlantic for a lot of years together. I, I don't doubt it. I voted for Tyler Trim, slightly better in ERA over Vega, although it's really freaking close. It's it's really close. You could go either way there. Feel like strikeouts a little better. Maybe you vote for Vega. A little fewer walks, you know. Yeah. If you like but, ERA, you go trim. If you like if war, you, like you go ER, trim. Yep. If you like ERA or war, you go for trim. But yeah. thank God none of the hitters are winning. Because all of them, I mean, again, I don't have any problem with any of these guys, but none of them are the are deserving to be in the same conversation as these two pitchers. I'm with I mean, you. So, um, it is so. kind of cool that two of our better rookies are catchers. Yeah. That seems super rare, considering how hard it is to find a catcher. And we have two two guys who at least have had great seasons to yeah. make their debut. When it comes to hitters, I, I always search by WRC+. Plus, um, and uh, Popovic is a little better. Uh, so he made it onto my list. Uh, and then I gave my fifth place vote for Bill Bray as a homer. That's my, you did exactly what I did. My we homer both vote. Just, both threw our homer votes at this first base. Hey, DH. if you sort by rookie of the year hitters, WRC plus Tim Bill Bray on the top. There you go. Uh, I guess that's all I right. have to say. So over in the West, I did the same thing. I'll be honest. My number five was Jorge Rivera. <laughs> so awesome. um, at number one, I. We don't even need Angel Trujillo. We'll we'll talk about him a little later, but he's number one. Uh, then a couple pitchers: Stefan Williams, Corey Deering, two three, uh, Matt Montgomery, four, followed by my homeboy, uh, Jorge Rivera. Um, uh, see, you you shortchanged Rivera. I have him fourth on my ballot. See, yeah. I I put him above Montgomery. But, hey, I gotta uh, say, all three of our Homer votes, at least they're guys who received plenty of votes. Jorge not, Rivera stole seven votes. bases, got caught fifteen times. Jace. Jorge Rivera, say out. that again. He got he stole seven bases and got caught. You gotta tell him to stop. You can yeah. control that, Jacob. Those are silky he's got, was yeah, he's got seventy five speed but fifty stealing. Good lord. I so think he's we, fast I, and has no instincts. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, let's let's we don't need to cover this. We talked about Stefan Williams, Corey Deering a little bit. Uh both those guys are awesome and probably would have won if they were pitching in the East. <laughs> yeah. But, but what are you going to do? We get a phrase Tyler Trim instead. I like it. Yeah. No, no team got caught stealing more than the, uh, more than the angels this year. We got caught stealing 63 times. That's fantastic. Second most stolen ba- or third most stolen bases. I wonder you can't score. 
<laughs> Getting thrown out at second a lot. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next, we'll save the trio. Uh, Jizz Fest for. Uh, do you want to go to Silver Slugger next? Save uh, Play of the Year for last? Sure. We can do that. Uh, East Silver Slugger. I think there's only one sort of iffy vote, and that's going to be McCorkle versus Popovic. That's a bit of a debate, but if you're a counting stats guy, maybe Popovic. More hits, uh, more I don't high, know. higher batting average. It's McCorkle, I think, totally. And yeah, Boston yeah, I mean, yeah. My, my vote went to McCorkle biggest... too. Um, homeboy David was talking Popovic. Yeah, what is that guy on? But no, that that's McCorkle for me. Any? I I, I voted for McCorkle. Me. I think all these are actually super boring and easy. First I don't know base, if Jorge Aguilar, OPS yeah. above a thousand, Woba four twenty two. Second base is Dolly. Hey, let me just get this out here. I'm not the asshole who voted for Boren. Uh, I think someone's framing me as a douchebag. <laughs> sometimes I'll, I'll do that. Who knows? If the shoe fits, yeah. Third <laughs> no, base, third base, Purdue. Uh, shortstop. Amazing to see this where he was last year. Matt Angel got my pick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He deserves uh, it. Yeah, I don't know I mean, if he's going to be a three thirty hitter forever, but it, it's weird to uh, see him with a higher OPS than Arturo Ramirez. He he was so good. I don't know, man. You hit three thirty. It's a, it's tough to hit three thirty and not be really really good, right? Like yeah. really hard. As a guy who can't hit left-handed hitters at all, we thought. The other thing that I look at a lot, and I'm going to talk about this later, but I look a lot at games. I hate guys that have to sit against lefties. I hate guys to get hurt all the time. This is news to no one. I hate injuries. But uh, but Angel played more games. What happened to Ramirez, those 20 games? I don't know. I, I don't care. I don't know and I don't care. That cost him cost him a little bit of vote in my mind. I agree. I agree. Uh, on the left field, um, Gomez, a, a healthy Mike Gomez. Not, not much of a debate there. Well, a healthy Mike Gomez is still the best player in this whole league. I, I don't know. At this point, healthy Mike Gomez or Angel or on Trujillo? Right now, Gomez. In a couple of years, maybe it's Trujillo. I think before we crown him, our league's Mike Trout. I'm going to need to see more than one year. I yeah, mean, but um, but but I'm with Trout. I don't know. I mean, Trout had uh, Trujillo, it, Trout had the what had the September call up, had the solid year the year after, and then took the league by storm. Yep. I mean, I. I think that I'm going to need to see a year before I'm yeah. willing to put him in Gomez territory. And especially yeah. you're saying a healthy Gomez, because if you right. extrapolate the 129 games he played to 156, yeah, he's the numbers the, look pretty juicy. He's got the 10 war. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, Luis Contreras in center field. Yep. Damn it. Get out of here, David. You uh, have no shame. I mean, again, someone that uh, Pisano in Pisano and Chevalier, both. Both are probably in the running if they're at, at shortstop, it, it, but positional positionally, they both got dwarfed by Flores. They both got dwarfed by Silky. That is that is, you know what? In in its own way, that's sort of nice to see this 24, 25, 26 year olds taking the world by storm in right field. That's yeah. just that's good for the league, it's right? Fun. It's fun. Nothing wrong with that at all. And then and DH, uh, Mr. Scarf, is Scarf. Mr. Scarf. Absolutely, these all should be unanimous. Uh, catcher again, another uh, unanimous one. Catcher in the West, uh, Camacho. Maybe the argument for Resendiz, but I don't see it. Ah, I think you're reaching. 
Uh, first base, Roland. Yep. Second base, Steve Parsons. Yep. I'll say it again. Made us all look stupid. I was wrong. Good job Here, by Sterling. Here's the one that I do not know. Third base in the West. This was this has, been a, this has been a famously hard vote, actually. There's been a lot of good third basemen in the West for a while. Joe McCoy and Jim Brandon had the same on-base percentage and the same slugging percentage. I gave it to the guy with uh, more counting stats. That's Jim Brandon. Hit 340 with almost... Uh, he has 150 more at-bats. Morgan. That's what ben it is. McCoy. It's yeah, Jim just, Brandon. Yeah. I, I also gave it to Brandon. Uh, again, I don't think you can go wrong with McCoy. He had the higher WOBA. He had the higher WRC+. Plus. Um, but I gave it to Brandon. It helps that it helps that he set the record for most doubles in a single season. That helped me. That Brandon did. Yeah, sixty-four he's, doubles. He's so fucking good. I love I Jim Brandon. I love Jim Brandon. Oh, all right. I think the rest. of This is pretty self-explanatory. Shortstop Joe Souders. Souders. Uh, left field. I went Lupe Villegas. He had a bounce. A... He had a bounce back year, didn't he? Really good we were year. all. We were all proclaiming him dead to the world. And I don't think any of us would have predicted him finishing even top three. Yeah. 39 home runs, 120 ribbies. He had a really well good year. Is that, contract, yeah. is that contract finally over? He a free agent? No, I, he got extended, I think. Did he really? Wow. I think he's making 37 and a half for a couple more years. Oh, or is, may, uh, uh, maybe not. I could be not, wrong about that. Okay. He is, right. uh, it's one more year on the books. And then one player more. option. Then they can all go fight over him. Yeah. No option. Oh, no option. Okay. Center field. Um, I, it's, yeah. You know, uh, right field. Truitt or Pruitt. Pruitt or Schwab. I oh, voted it's, Pruitt. It's Pruitt. 20%, 100% of the vote. More games. More games. Schwab got hurt. Sorry. E.H. Tim Fleming. Fleming. What a boring segment for this pod. This we just oh, well. named names because there's nothing to talk about here, which is crazy. There's almost now, always at least a couple. Now here's something to talk about. East hitter of the year. Oh, this is so Before close. Before we get started, how do you guys view this award? Because that's important to this. Do you view it as strictly hitting? Do you view it as overall importance to uh, take defense into play? How do you guys view this award? First of all, it's not a war award. But I do still treat it as an MVP award. Uh, I do care about defense. Care about everything you give me. So... I take into account who I think is the best player in baseball. And this year, for me, was Silky. Gomez probably would have won had he played 20 more games, but... I well, now I can't, get, I can't get the stats to come up on my freaking internet right now. But, but I, I am going to bitch a little bit about our former Hall of Fame commissioner for never really clarifying when he named this hitter of the year what he meant. He always used to take great pride in the fact the people would argue over whether defense didn't matter and that's what hitter meant or he if it would, just meant hitter, pitchers couldn't he win. He made yeah. it vague on purpose. It, yeah. it, it, it would really irritated me. And so I always viewed it as just defense doesn't matter. And if defense doesn't matter, you can make a big case for Chris Scarf um, or yeah, Scarf. And, but I got to be true to myself. I had Scarf. I looked. I looked again. I went back in and... I changed it to Silky because of the more games played. Uh, and uh, uh, I have Silky, then Scarf. And again, the, my homer number five pick was Chevalier. 
just because, you know, I can. Yeah, I, I think even with, uh, even if you are forgetting defense, I think Silky still should take this down. Um, this would have been a very different vote had he not been so hot for the last couple of weeks. But a lot of the park-adjusted stuff, a lot of the counting stats, Silky had 136 runs this year. He had 37 homers this year. It's really, really close. It's but really, really close. And even if you don't care about def- if you do care about defense, uh, super good defender this season. Not going to win the Gold Glove because Dave Burns exists. But I don't think I think the right way to do it. Even if you do think hitting, if it's just a hitting award, if you're in that camp, I think defense should probably serve as the tiebreaker. At minimum, I think you're probably right. Usually, yeah. I don't need that as a tiebreaker, but. But you're right. I mean, I had Scarf. Silky had such a great last couple of Sims. Oh, it man. wasn't it wasn't this close. No, like no. He, two two Sims ago. His OPS Silky, raised uh, almost a hundred points in the last month. Yeah. That's that's absolutely incredible. Yeah. I still can't get the stats to come up on my stupid computer here, but that's not it doesn't really matter. I remember it well enough to know that it was it's just a couple of points difference here and there. And the fact that Silky played Almost all the games and Scarf didn't, for whatever had, reason, makes a he difference. Had, he had 52 hits in his last 141 plate appearances. Yeah. 52 so, hits in his last 107 at-bats. So talking offense, you had Scarf with the OPS of 1018, Silky 1017, Gomez 1015, Woba uh, all within seven points, WRC Plus all within four points. So I think they're one, two, three. I, I went Silky. Um, again, if you asked me a month ago, I'd probably go Gomez. I probably could have considered Contreras or, or even McMichael at that point. Um, and Aguilar in Baltimore. Exactly. And, and Aguilar, too. Good. I mean, he's someone that oh, we haven't got, talked about at all. He got my third place vote. I mean, he was really good. Did, did you yeah. vote him over Scarf? I voted Aguilar over Gomez. Okay. Games played, folks. Games played? Okay. I, I can definitely see that. Um, I went Silky, Gomez, Scarf, Aguilar, Contreras. That, that's, that's where I went. Um, exactly my same five in the same order. Glad to have this award back in Atlanta. It sure looks like Silky's going to win. He also probably would have won most improved player. What a big leap that he had. His third season. I'm about to jump on my soapbox. So I apologize for this now. There is no reason whatsoever that Angel Trujillo is not a unanimous hitter of the year. No reason whatsoever. 20 ballots have been submitted. He has only 17 first-place votes, and he even has a third-place vote. Jim Brandon has a first-place vote. Get the hell out of here. I know exactly. I'm looking at you. Andrew, I'm looking at you. I I get it that you vote with your heart, but come on. I understand that everyone's going to vote Trujillo first, but something has got to be said about unanimous number one. Lupe Villegas was unanimous number one a few years ago. And what about this season from Trujillo does not scream unanimous? Led the league in home runs, had the first 40-40 season in, in Sky history, was one point behind in WOBA and WRC+, Plus, was miles ahead of everyone in war, four war ahead of the next closest, led the league in slugging, uh, was near the top in on-base, was near the top in batting average, and led the league in OPS by 15 points. And he played 13 more games than Tim Fleming. So. Oh. And he's a gold glover, if you care about that. And he stole 40 bases. I let's, mean, 
let's assume for a moment you do consider this the defense doesn't matter award. I'm that's still not, taking Trujillo that, well, for Fleming. No, and uh, it's... Hold on a second, because I'm with you. That's not hard to do. All you have to do is you take the zone rating, you divide by 10, and you subtract that from the war. And then if it's negative, you divide the zone rating by 10, and you add it to the war. And even if you do that, Trujillo is two wins better than Tim Fleming. Even if you do that, it's two wins difference. It's three and wins different. Th- it, that it, war goes from 10.6 to 8.1, which is still three higher than Fleming. Well, right. I was giving Fleming his Oh, you give Fleming his minus back five. Yeah. So it's like, okay. It's two and a half. It's two, and, it's two, two and a half wins, right? It's two to three wins. Not better. close. That, that it, it's really not close. Great year from Tim Fleming. Would have been cool to see him win it three times. Not close. Not close at all. I so loved I, him, Fleming, but at this point in his career, he's a DH, and that might have been true a while ago. I mean, Gordon Steals is just un- incredible. And Fleming is all the other guys we're talking about don't steal bases. Yep. So at this point, I'm gonna I'm gonna step off my soapbox. I've I've said I've said my piece with this. I think you're far too worried about it being unanimous. All I want him to do is win. And he's going to win. He's, he's got gonna, 17 out of the 21st yeah. place votes, but something gonna, about that 32 for 32. That that Viegas had in 2006. I did not know that, that Viegas season. had that in 2000. That is sort of fun. I did not know that. And the guy did it at 21 years old. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Can you imagine how taken by storm the world would be if we right. had a guy named Killer Angel <laughs> come in and fucking <laughs> do this? It's incredible. Yeah, that's I'm awesome. looking. I'm looking back at this 2006 year. It was Lupe Viegas that took 32 out of 32 first place votes. And then Nate Purdue took 16 of 32 second-place folks. Mike Cook took 15, and then Jim Brandon took one. Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> Put that Chardonnay down, Andrew. That was your tight. That was your. Don't Tyrese, stand in the corner. That was your Tyrese no McCarron one hitter of the year. What a weird year. <laughs> yeah, Angel, Angel Killer. I'm shocked the war it wasn't higher, honestly. Um, part of it's because numbers are just more inflated back before when Ian Ott was putting up 11 war. This is the best season in history in my mind. It's up there. It's up there. It's just so incredible that a guy like this does this. I mean, he's a rookie. Say it again. I mean, he's 21 years old. And you're still not willing to crown him the next Mike Trout. No, not yet. Mike Trout's Mike Trout could retire tomorrow, and he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, that is not true yet for Angel Trujillo. When it no. is, I'll he be could happy retire to... now, and we and we look back on him like we like we do Ferret, right? Mauricio Chiaramonte. and funny. that might have been true three years ago for Trout. And Trout is like what thirty tops. So is, yeah, who the hell is Ryan Morris? Right. Okay, I'm looking I'm back at the your sky. I'm lo- uh, Sky. I'm looking back at, at the top six of Sky history. Um, Ryan Morris, former right fielder for a whole bunch of teams, had 30 career WAR, had 10.8 of that in one season in Kansas City in 1983. I'm just trying to figure out how the hell he did that. Oh, he had, he was plus 33. He was plus 34 in right field that year. Jesus Christ! How, is that, how many balls get hit to right field where that's even possible? Uh, he, how many putouts did he have that year? He had. I, I 350 total chances, 342 putouts, seven assists, only one error. Pretty good. Pretty good. 
Yeah, no, uh, it's interesting. When guys take the world by storm like this, like when Trout did it, then he came back the next year and was really freaking good. That happened with Pools too. Sort of took the world by storm his rookie year, came back, was fantastic. Yeah, if think Trujillo, about how much better you'd be seeing all the pitchers. If Trujillo, if Trujillo does that next year and can get himself up to like six seven WAR, which would be a lot less than the ten eleven that he's got this year. I'll I'll be hooked for sure. I think he's but, good for nine war a year until that outfield range is not eighty anymore. He's a, he's right. amazing. Nine war is a lot of war, but I mean I think I'll take six seven. But I mean, yeah, he does that. I'll be willing to crown him the new best player in the sky. Right yeah, I'm, now, I'm, I'm about there. I'm a big fan. So we are going to talk about one last segment on today's podcast. We're again looking to the future. We're going to play opt-in or opt-out. There are a whole bunch of players here in Sky that have player options. And we're going to, we're going to guess if they opt-in or opt-out to their upcoming deals. You all ready to do this? I'm ready. So we're going to start with the – we're going to start in Atlanta. They're all roughly the same. The, there are three starting pitchers oh uh, in that rotation that are, are possibly on the outs. You have – Dav- uh, Eddie Hill, who has a player option for $23.5 million. Davin Hess, $16.3 million. And uh, Juan uh, Marugia, or uh, Merguia has go. a player option for $12 million. Where it's... do you guys see these three going? I'll let you take the reins, Trent. I'll keep my mouth shut for a minute. I think... I think Eddie Hill probably opts out. Um, I think that Davin Hess, boy, I want to say opt in, but 16 million is so little. Um, I'll let you guys argue with yourselves over Hess, but I'll take I'll take Hill and Murguia both to opt out. I say Hess opts in. I've got a bit of a um, velocity drop here. I've got him down to 94, 96. He started, he start, he, January 1, he was 96, 98. Within the last 10 months, he's dropped to 94, 96. That combined with the 1.7 raise, the 1.7 point increase in ERA and the two war drop, I think he opts into uh, to 16 and a quarter. Yeah. I think the only thing that questions me is I'll bet a guy like that gets more than 16 and a quarter a year if I, he goes into free agency. I, I I'll, can't, I can't I'll see bet it. He gets, I'll bet he gets that much. Um, Eddie Hill so, at 32. He still had four war last year. If he opts out, I don't think he gets 23 and a half a year if he opts out, but I think he could get 20 a year for, for three or four years. I think he's going to opt out. I think he opts out too. And then, um, we at 12 million. I think that's an easy opt out. He'll opt out. Interesting. So what are the Braves going to do? If well, that the Braves happens, they're going to sit around and wait. Uh, I'll save my secrets for a different podcast. After I've assembled the super rotation. But I don't know what to expect. Um, I would predict Hill opts out. I will predict Davin Hess opts out. And I think Merguia will opt in. Even though the war would dictate that Merguia could make a ton of money. He's been one of the most steady pitchers in baseball for the last four years now. But I I still just don't think that... uh, the ratings indicate a guy who should make much more than this. I don't know. I would not be surprised if all three opted out. No, neither would I. Okay. But uh, but the but the Atlanta Braves rotation will look somewhat different from the way it does today. 
next year. Well, even if they opt out, I can always re-sign these guys. Yeah, um, well. I would think one comes back and two go away. That'd be my prediction. So jumping from one starting rotation of a 100-win team to another, let's go to Milwaukee. Juan Ramos, the, the career Milwaukee brewer, has a player option for $30 million next year, and Doug Carey has an option for $22.69 million next year. I think we can agree that Doug Carey opts in. We agree on that? Almost, almost certainly, yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Juan Ramos at $30 million. Is there any chance that he sees free agency? Well, that's the better question. The first question is, does he opt out? I think the answer there is yes. I think he's going to opt out. The better question is, does Andrew let him walk? I don't I think sure there's, hope not. I don't think there's any chance in hell he opts out, even though I've got his velocity down to 93, 95. You, don't, you think he's going to opt in? I think he's going to opt out. He just had an eight and a half war. I, I think he opts out too, but I think that. Oh, right. Okay. So we I all think, think he's going to opt out. Andrew resigns him for another three years. You think he's going to sign him for three years? I, I, it's I like be two another, guaranteed it's be another, player option. Yep. Two year player option. $36 million. It's going to suck, but he's got to do it. <laughs> it's going to be, uh, what's his name? Who's, uh, who's nickname is uh, Polycarp. Jaheim Polycarp. Yeah. That was like the worst contract in baseball for well, five years. This is years. a guy who just won. Assuming he wins the series, gonna win a Cy Young. Yep. I don't feel that bad about paying him thirty-six million. No, the next that's... year might suck, and if it's three years, he's gonna be forty. Uh, no thanks. But you know, he... we saw the velocity drop. You you don't let a guy like that hit free agency. At this point, you don't let him hit free agency. Okay. Well, look, in the land of make believe, if he hits free agency, what sort of money does he get? He's getting forty a year. You think? I think uh, he, I think he I gets an inverse of what Purdue got. It's going to be a front-loaded contract that starts at something like forty, and then probably drops down to like twenty-eight. Who's going to pay him? Or someone's going to, someone's going to see Juan Ramos in free agency and throw the and throw the house at him. I wonder, I wonder who the real suitors would be if that was the case. Anyone um, with money? Yeah, but I don't, Trent, I don't but, think there's many guys. Trent, how, how much of an empty, how much of a blank check are you giving Ramos? What, what's the max you go on Ramos? Three, let's say let's say three year uh, average annual value. Hey, Bobby Hicks P- PTSD is going to hit Trent. He'll never offer the contract. Yeah, well, see, Bobby Hicks and Juan Ramos don't belong in the same galaxy, so that's neither here nor there. But um, yeah, the Phillies have a lot of money. Um, the Phillies are going to be players in free agency. Um, I, could, I, think, I could see I, someone I would... giving Ramos something like forty five, thirty five, twenty five. No, that I wouldn't do. I would say no to that. Um, I would probably give him. I like the idea of a really front-loaded contract, especially if the last-year player option can be something really low, like fifteen, and you could do something like thirty-five, twenty-five, fifteen. Um, I might sign him to that because I think you're going to get another year. I don't think he's going to drop from eight point four WAR to shitty. No, I just no, you don't think he's going to have He's going to have that Muggsy gap year. He'll he'll have a year where he's at least playable. And Muggsy right? was very playable his last year. I and yeah, I, ju- I jumped the gun on that by a year. Yep. And uh, and so I think that he probably gets thirty five mil. I don't know that anybody gives him forty, but I think he gets thirty five mil in free agency. And uh, I don't see that boy, happening, boy. and I pray it doesn't. He's been in Milwaukee since he was twenty four, since ninety eight. You want him to be a career brewer. Let this guy be a career brewer. Don't be like our stupid commish just throwing away 
career Dodgers like they're candy. Value them. <laughs> Watkins and Seuss. Those guys would have been cool. So I love that. I love let, that. Yeah, let's stay in that division. Uh, let's go to Kansas City. They've got two starting pitchers with player options. DJ Hoover, a $19 million player option next year. And Randy Highland, a t- uh, $12.5 million player option for next year. What do you guys, what do you guys think these two players do? Hoover's really interesting. Uh, uh, he, he had four war this year. He had four war. He also had an ERA of 4-9. I don't know what the game prioritizes when they value a player. It's FIP. It's all FIP-based. And for the 100th consecutive year, he's had a FIP minus below 100. He has not had a FIP minus above 100 since 1997. It is impossible to read the the salaries page of the Kansas City Royals. It's so freaking frustrating. All right. I know. Um, boy, oh boy, it's tough to imagine given their terrible years that these guys don't opt in. I think Hoover will opt in. Part of it is, I think his popularity would be extremely popular in the Slack channel, but somehow not a popular dude in game. I think that weighs into the money he thinks he can get. He'll take his 20 pitch in Kansas City next season. I think Hoover opts out because of the high greed. He had the four war last year, 3.9 the year before that. I think he's got the high greed. I think he's going to look for another, for one last long-term deal. But you think Highland opts in? I th- Highland it's, hit three and a half war this year, three and a half see, war last not, year. See, it's not a lot of money. Neither of these is really a lot of money. Like 19 million is not a lot of money. Ten and a half million is not a lot of money. So they both opt in. I think one of the two opts out. I don't think I think he's gonna. I think one of these two opts out, and I think that's Hoover. Boy, oh boy! I don't remember the last time Hoover hit free agency, but I want to say his demand when he hit free agency was only about sixteen. Uh, he hit free agency two thousand nine. Last, yes. he, was, he was there last last free agency. Yeah, but you know the first day of free agency, where you see the track demand, right? I think he had a oh, lower actually, demand. No, no. he ended up re-signing. Up. The last time he was actually in free agency was the summer of 2007-2008. Well, I don't think the high grade is that big of a scare for a guy who's not very popular. Fair national popularity, well-known locally. It'll, it'll definitely be interesting. Um, let's go to... Let's stay on the pitching side. Let's go to Oakland. Three recent signees, all of player options, all in the bullpen. Chris Ortega, their closer, who had 40 saves. Andy Krumwide, their solid swing man. And Tyrese Peterson, who they signed in free agency with a 3.01 ERA. Ortega is an $8.5 million player option. Krumwide, 7.5. Peterson, 5.5. What do you see these three doing? Uh, packing their bags. Yeah, they're all opting out. See ya. They're all opting out. They both, all three of them were fantastic this season. So, I mean, Peterson. Why did Chicago not re-sign Ortega? Big mistake. What's interesting about Krumwide, he actually was way better as a starter this year. For a guy who has traditionally been, we've all thought he's been a reliever, even back when he was getting starts in, in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I think all three of these guys are gone, and I think Andy needs to re-sign him. You're right. His ERA is a lot better as a starter this year. Which is just feels fluky. It's weird. Me. That's really strange. The, the FIP was lower by about half a point. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think they all opt out. I think they all. I I do too. I think that the if fact I'm that Andy, none of these guys have re-signed yet tells me they're leaving. If I'm looking at I'm looking at the future salaries here for Oakland. I think they 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 needed to climb the team option on Kango. That that's uh, I think a three million dollar buyout. Yeah, two point six million dollar buyout saves eight mil, about seven and a half million there. I think you non tent. Hey, say this, but I wouldn't be surprised if they non-tender Jordan Santana to save that five and a half million. He has been trying to shop Santana for a while and has not had any luck. Yeah, I, I, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. I mean, looking at the they as of now, they have zero money for extensions next year. They need uh, they need pitching badly in Oakland. He knows it. Andy does so. He needs to find a ticker for Nate Warner. He needs to take. A, he need, I think he needs to find a ticker for Nate Warner. Try to trade Jordan Santana this offseason. If he can't find a taker before arbitration, I say non-tender him, even though he's that okay. five, and, five and a half isn't a massive number for someone that has. Just re-sign him and trade him. Yeah. Someone but, will give you something. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, for five and a half is not a really ridiculous amount of money. But, but he, I, needs to, he needs to re-sign Ortega, Ortega and then one of Peterson crew All right. I don't think Oakland Andy is an idiot. Um, yeah. I no. would guess that he either... Thinks he either thinks these guys are all opting in, or he hit the negotiate contract button and it said, "Sorry, bro, I'm testing free agency." And right. That's what I, I think. So I had this. I, I had this these guys. That, he's not going to get the chance to resign. So Aguilar had a twenty-three million dollar option for next year. I signed him to an extension. Um, I tried to get him to sign like a one-year deal, and I sent Trent a uh, snippet of this. What was he asking for? Like sixty-three million for one year? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I, I, I said no to that. You're better yeah. at negotiating contracts. You even know how to get to that number. Yep. Um, okay, let's go to the Infernals on the hitting side. I think this is the, this is the one that everyone's wondering what's going to happen. Luis Contreras. He's opting out, guys. I mean, he's totally going to opt out. Yeah, it's $27 million, I think. Yeah, he's going to opt out. Should. Low he more than $27. He's looking... His last three seasons are five war seven war six four. He that MF he's only thirty. That MF is going to get paid. This is the guy. Everybody, so, every, this is this year's scarf on free agency. So do you, everybody goes bananas over? If he is free agency, is his annual is his average annual value higher than thirty five million? I think he'll get a scarf like contract. Yeah, I can see him in the. Uh... And It'll average be, annual, I'll take under 35. I think someone will probably front load it and be cute and pay him yeah, 40 next exactly. year. Yeah, exactly. 40 the first year, and then, I don't know, 35. That's a really good over-under, damn it. Um, I think I'll probably take the over. I think somebody will pay him. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of things. First of all, this guy's on the field all the time. He's never hurt. Never. And, uh, again, you can't quibble with the results. I don't look at those ratings. And go, oh yeah, this is a guy that's going to get eight war. But damn, four, five war, seven war, six war. Yeah, you'd have to be an idiot to let this guy go. Don't you think? I mean, Trent? that's that's the question. Does Contreras, if he opts out, does Pittsburgh try to resign him? They I can't. Hope they, do. they they don't have the money. Oh really? Are they right, are, so are they low on funds? If, they they are with. If you take Contreras out, they still have 175 million dollars in contracts tied up. Including Jeez. arbitration, all that fun stuff. They've got okay, wow. so that money's going to open up a bit. Um, they're probably going to decline Behringer's option. 
that's going to open oh, yeah. up that'll about open up 13 money. million saying no to Cadena will open up another 5 so that still opens up another 18 if they million they want to get it done they can get it done that's still another that's still 150 million plus already tied up in contracts well right, right. and they've opened up what did we just say like 1820 that ain't going to get it done for Contreras no, I mean, and then you've got, let's see, you've got $60 million tied up just between Allen and Fort. You've got 15 tied up in Viz Carando, and then another 9 tied up in Joey James. Those is that ballsy contracts. Is that, is, that, is that Allen contract going to come back to haunt the, the Infernals? 34 and a half, 34 and a half, 36 and a half. I think oh, he's see, regretting it right now. He overpaid him at his peak. It was a, kind of a crazy year last year when he was lighting the world on fire, and that's right. when he signed the extension. Right. Well, I mean, again, it's tough to we have to be a little bit careful. Andy Allen had he was a five point six war pitcher this year. Oh, but he, he was my number five on for pitcher of the year. Yeah, I mean, he was really, he was really, really good. But but uh, but yeah, I mean, he doesn't look quite as good as the guy from 2009. That was and just, you know, the second remember, coming of Christ. Do you remember Allen's had like an April where he had an ERA of like point, point one, right? Point nine seven or something. Yeah, that's that's is when Jason signed that extension. Right. When Alan thinks he's big dick, .1 ERA yep, he, he signed that extension April four, April 24th of 2009. Could have waited till August and got him for 25 again. So, yeah, you're right. That's interesting. The, the, the Infernals are out of money. Love it. Love that's, it. That happens when you trade your whole farm nonstop. Love it. And then going to a former infernal, these last two players just want to talk about because they're fun to talk about. Jadon Bodrick in Washington has a player option next year for $25 million. I, th- I think totally he opt in. Gonna opt in. He's got yeah. opt in. Um, the, the one thing I'd say about him not opting in is that he has an angry morale, um, angry about the team record, angry about his performance, unhappy with team chemistry. So that may lead to it. I don't know. The The – the most fun idea about him opting out is because then like Washington joins like a very short list of teams with like truckloads of cash to spend next year. It's like Colorado, Washington, and not a lot of others. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to be the type of team to spend it. So no, this is a team that's, that's building for 2013. Yeah, um, but, but at least they have that path again. Good to see from Washington. Um, yeah, no, they, they've done a good job there. Bod- Bodrick had a, had positive war on the pitching side this year. I want to point that out. Wow. Yeah, his BABIP was inflated. Um, but his, his fifth was also higher than his ERA, and he had an ERA of 5-4. Yeah, well, you know, hey. Um, oh. He's a right fielder. What do we want from the guy? Uh, do you know how many teams in league history have had a higher team ERA than this Washington Nationals team? Zero? No. Uh, I think the answer is zero. I'm pulling it up now. They gave, I, they gave up a thousand runs this year. Uh, actually, no. Oh wait. Uh, what was their team ERA? I'm looking. Do you go to uh, team stats? I should tell you. Can you check team stats for September? Because it's comical how many runs they gave up. Uh, I can give me one second. Team statistics. Team pitching statistics. Washington had a team ERA of 6-4, second worst all time. Last year's Cincinnati team had a 6-7 team ERA. That's fantastic. Could you please check September? 
give me okay it's gonna take a little bit but because i need to go on yeah, I, got, I, got, I got i got it i got it i, I see to, that I they were the rest five plus. and 20 in october but i have, I have to do the rest plus washington had an era in september of 9.25 jesus christ teams ops one against them he did get the one one didn't he He's oh, fucking yeah. deserved it. Yep, good for him. Let's give him the one two as well. Just keep. Good for him. <laughs> I mean, they Team got have nine slapped in September. Jesus Christ! These dirty Atlantic teams just padding their stats. Oh, so against Atlanta, they had a team ERA of nine one seven in September. And you know what? They beat us twice. So what? What, what can you do? What the fuck? Craziness. Craziness. A 30-run loss. Will, or giving up 30 runs to Baltimore. That'll do it. Oh, what was their team area against Baltimore? That's what I want to know. Take a guess. I don't know. They only played, they only played three games, and one of them was a 30 spot. 14.76. Jeez. It was a bad month. Bad month for the Nats. They, my God, they won five games, and three of those came within the last three weeks. They lost and two to Atlanta. Come on, man. Three straight losses here. 14th, 15th, 17th of September. A 15 to 13 loss, a 12 to 10 loss, and then a 21 to 1 loss. Yeah, bad pitching staff. Hope they and then some of that money five days, pitchers. four days later, they lose 30 to 11 to Baltimore. Holy shit. Hey, they scored 11 runs that game. Hey, their offense was up against me. Their offense wasn't. Terrible. It's like angels. I mean, yeah, it was. Fifteenth and run scored. Jesus Christ, that's bad. That's bad. Okay, one last player to talk about, just because he's probably on the worst contract in all of baseball. Teddy Wardlaw, Uncle Ted. God um, bless him. God bless him. Getting paid, Ted. Ah, uh, the Constitution. Forty-one in January. Turns forty-one oh, in January. OSA has him twenty twenty. Um, he's all kinds of bad. Velocity's down to 86, 88, and he has a player option for 24 million next year. That's why you front load the I contracts think, when you sign a guy who's 37, eight I, years old. I, I think you'll opt in. I think this contract in. was eight, 16, 24. He pitched 14 innings last year, gave up 13 runs, uh. made 16 million bucks. <laughs> This is it's, this could go down as one of the worst contracts, probably the worst of the human era. It is fantastic. It. And, so and, and like D. Rich likes to say, I always like to think of the Indians as well run and that Grayson knows what he's doing. What was he doing? I, it's I the constitutionally think, mandated Ted Wardlaw discussion on the podcast. And, oh and, then, and then he re-signed uh, Lundgren. Yeah, also, this guy had a great career, and yeah. it's just going to be remembered as, by this contract. I want to point out that uh, Alicia looks like a porn home. star in that picture, too. Dear Lord. All right. Uh, Getting off. I want to point out that Alicia ended up with uh, 37 home runs, including 11 in the month of September. Wow. Alicia, uh, he ended up with 32 home runs. Excuse me. I think the over-under was 35. Yeah. And he, he spent 20 games with AAA Columbus and hit eight home runs. I think he probably would have been pretty close to that 35 it's, exactly if he would have played. 15 doubles, and he almost slugged. 500. Pretty cool. 
That's what happens when all you do is hit dingers. I gotta He's get a, that guy in Gwinnett. See what he can do. He's a weird little player. I love Maybe. him. Yeah, it's probably the weirdest leaf. I I, I, I want to so. see I want to see him in a California Angels uniform at one point. I asked about him at the deadline. Uh, Grayson said he was not interested in moving him. Wow, Grayson, dude, send him to California, please. Uh, 55, 30, 75, 30, 60. That's fantastic. Well, uh, that is everything we had planned. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, nothing comes to mind, though. Can you guys remember any other big preseason predictions that we had? Um, that's we, a... flub- we flubbed on Contreras. We definitely flubbed on Contreras. We, uh, we said that Paredes had the better contract when looking at it. I, I think we were wrong about that. Um, yeah, you, were, you were spot on for most of that. You really were. I think uh, I we, was we were, twelve for twelve predicting playoff teams. How did we do on the over unders? I remember the Souders and uh, Flores over unders. Flores had a had a down year. Um, yeah. Picked it up late, but he did have a down year. Um, I mean, he still ended up with five point eight WAR. He had a he had a good year, but it didn't help that he had a six forty four OPS in May. Yikes. Um, he ended up with a, a 1,063 OPS in August, 858 in September, 832 in July. So he had a good second half of the year. But you can't just think that if he had uh, even a 750 OPS in April, if that just flips one game for Oakland and they find their way into the playoffs. Right. Blame Tony Flores. Get rid of him. I'll cost you the season. He, he's up for arbitration. Just non-tender him. Okay, so here's the fun game we'll play. If Tony Flores hits free agency, let's say that Tony oh Flores gosh. is non-tendered. What is he making in free agency? It's How very old is he? Vajegas-esque. It's more than that. You think he makes more than 40 a year? Oh. Uh, the thing is... He's, what, 26? A lot of money. But he doesn't get hurt. You know you're going to get... You know what you're going to... You know you're going to get 156 games from him. Yeah, you're going to get six war. What's six war to you? I, I have a question. Well, if you if you... Believe the big numbers. Six war is worth forty-eight million. million. I, I would pay. I would pay as much as fifty million a year for him. Yeah. The thing if is, six war is worth about forty-eight million. If you really believe money. in the eight war per eight mil per war numbers, but yeah, he's twenty-six years old. He's never hurt. Boy, oh boy. I mean, there's going to be a future because Oakland doesn't have money where he does hit free agency. I mean, it's only a matter of time. I think by the time that he's due for an extension, Nate Warner's contract can be declined, and that'll open up about twenty-five million. And then it'll open it up, yeah. But he's also got he's also got to extend Souders at the same point. Right, Souders is even younger. He's twenty-four. Yeah, they're what's... so they're so freaking good. So yeah, two years, man. Two years, you got to really do some planning, Oakland Andy. That's gonna be hard because you got to you're gonna have to pay sixty-five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'd I don't... pay any player forty million. I don't think so. Forty million, man. Okay, so let's Fuck. say that Souders hits free agency. I don't think that I don't think that I would pay any player forty million who generally hits free agency. A twenty-six-year-old Tony Flores hitting free agency? I don't know. You might have to rethink that. I would I would have no Maybe. issues giving fifty a fifty million dollars salary. I'd probably front load it a bit. Probably have it. Come back down to about forty thirty five by the end, but I would have no real, issues man. giving that money to Flores or Souders. Yeah, I could probably make it work with Flores. 
Souders was a bit, little bit, bit of a disappointment this year, I thought. He still won Silver Slugger for sure. I know, but the, the defense is getting worse. Um, Does he, he look like a second baseman to you? He was, uh, a ne- he, was, like he was negative in the field this year. Yep. Yeah, I don't love that when I'm 28. Second baseman, probably a good one. But that that new car smell of him being a new shortstop. I don't think he's a shortstop. Okay. Well, this was really fun uh, recapping the first four series. First four series and looking forward. Um, definitely love talking awards. It's it's nice to make that um, nice and transparent. I wish uh, there were more arguments. I really, I do too. I it, it, the the arguments are what silver slugger for third base in the West, East hitter of the year, which is a fine argument in its own point, and why the hell is Trujillo not unanimous? Oh, good grief! But we all agree on just about everything. Yep, Fuck. which is th- which doesn't make for fun listening. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Well, uh, we are officially at the two-hour mark for D. Rich and Trent. I am Jake. I hope you all have a great day. See ya. Bye.